0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 37, a word from our clients. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Bach, here today. And with me here in the studio, we have Mark Willis. Hello, hello. And Katrina Willis. Hello. Hello. All right. So for those of you that have been kind of following with us here, and kind of you know gone through our last couple episodes and listening to our latest one here, um, you know we've been kind of having you know covering some heavier materials, going over a lot of numbers, a lot of details, a lot of just heavy stuff. And so we wanted to take a little bit of a break here from all that detail work. The sun's
0: coming out. Yeah,
1: all that heaviness. Spring is here, finally. Um, And we wanted to just kind of lighten things up a little bit, you know, pull back from the numbers and the raw data a little bit and just share kind of stories with you all. Um, And so we wanted to share some stories from some of our, you know, real life clients um, who have been using this bank on yourself concept we've been talking about to really structure uh, the foundations of their financial lives and the ways they've been able to use their plans to kind of, um, I guess, provide their, you know, safe and liquid financial vehicle, you know, have that for them. And these are the people that, you know, went through um, and, and overcame those biases that we talked about in previous episodes. So they had those biases when they came into it, when they started the conversations with us, but they were able to work through them. Uh, they also went through some of the shock and awe. We talked about a couple episodes as well. You know, they they had all those firsts and were like, wait, what? You know, did I just make a terrible decision? What What's going on here? You know, and they were able to overcome that as well. And so these are people that were really able to keep an open mind to this concept the whole way through, and now just have these incredible stories of what they've been able to accomplish because of it. Um, So with that, that's really just kind of what we wanted to uh, spend our time here today in this episode dealing with. And first off, I think we just kind of wanted to share a couple thoughts on just, you know, kind of some anonymous clients that we've worked with. And then also we do do have a special guest um, for the second half of the episode as well. So, Mark, I think you were going to share a couple thoughts.
0: So many clients, it's hard to really know exactly who to pick and who to choose from. There's so many incredible stories. Uh, you know, a lot of the ones that that initially just get my heart pumping is when they used their policy for other things that they were going to do anyway. Uh, specifically, mm-hmm. a good chunk of our clients seem to be real estate investors of various kinds. So I'm thinking about one couple right now. They uh, invested in real estate uh, for many years before they met me. And then they've been taking the profits from those real estate deals as they uh, have them and dump them into policies. And since then, since they've been packing money into these uh, this big war chest of capital, uh, they're able to borrow out against their cash value and their life insurance and use that to purchase fixer uppers, you know? Uh, and then they get in there with their team and uh, you know do some repairs, do some rehabilitation and then they sell that, poli- uh, that property for a profit, and then they put that profit in their policy. Boy, <laughs> a lot of P words there. <laughs> so the fix and flip strategy, right? It's very simple, but you borrow from whatever cash you can. It could be a savings account, it could be anything, but they use their life insurance to do that. And they got the returns inside the policy, and they got the returns in whatever fix and flip profit they could make. We're gonna be doing some more episodes on real estate in the coming episodes. That's been a big one for me. Another one has been someone who decided that they were going to sell some real estate. They already have a bunch in holdings, and they're getting a bunch of rental income to pay for their expenses. This is a gentleman who's already in retirement. And he just knows that in about 10, 12, 15 years, some point in the near future, he'll want to sell all of his real estate holdings, and he wants a place to suck that money away. So we opened up a policy to essentially be a holding spot for that money. You know, because 10 years is a long time for your health to possibly make you uninsurable. So we bought a big policy, but he's only minimally funding it for a few years until he sells those properties. And then when the proceeds come through, he'll be able to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars into a policy that he didn't have to get approved for 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my favorites. Um, You know, another one that just comes to mind is uh, someone who used his policy to uh, buy into a franchise, a business franchise. And he's become very po- uh, very profitable very quickly, has already paid back the loan. And uh, the fr- franchise is doing great. He wouldn't have been able to buy that franchise without that cash on hand and liquid and available for him. I'm thinking about a few others here. Uh, one of my favorites is a, uh, a guy who's a young guy. And uh, he had just started a policy before he met his girlfriend. And then they got close, got you know serious and So he actually used a policy loan to buy his uh, now wife's engagement ring. That's one of my favorites. So (laughs) what about you guys? Uh, Katrina, what are some stories or examples you can think of?
2: Yeah, we have a client who lives on a big island, and he bought a truck with his policy uh, to excavate his farm on the island, which is pretty cool. And we have another friend who um, started with photography equipment. He just has a photography business, and he wanted to cash flow his equipment. And so he started taking policy loans and paying himself back, and he built up enough savings that he was able to buy an eight-unit building after that. And so now he has two streams of income. Pretty cool. Yeah, one, I... of
0: my, one of my favorite bits of that is, you know, not only is he a photographer and uh, banking on himself, but, you know, his friends slash competitor photographers are also needing lenses, equipment, you know, lighting. So wouldn't you know, he's undercutting the credit cards that his competitor photographer friends would have to go to, and he's going to be the bank and is the bank for them too. Mm -hmm. You know, how cool is that? Now he's actually taking profits from competitor photographers and using that as a supplemental income stream and repaying the policy loan at the same time.
2: Yeah, we have another client who's, I'm going to call him a patriarch, and he has talk to his whole family about this. They're all on the same page. And so they've started a system of policies within their family, you know, from the top all the way down to the grandchildren. Uh, and they use them um, in symbiosis with each other. So that's pretty powerful. How do
0: you mean? What, what do you mean symbiosis?
2: Well, as a family, they, they're working together. So it's not just an individual who has a policy, but they're, they're talking in terms of how do we benefit the family as a whole. Um, mm, yeah. So that's an interesting nuance. Yeah, they made,
0: they made a decision that they, as a family, were never going to see the inside of a bank loan department ever again. Mm-hmm. And not only have they been able to accomplish that uh, for their mortgages and so forth, but, you know, in kids' college, grandkids' college, but they've set up, a, established a legacy that will last now up to at least four generations from now. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. What about, what about you, Holly? What are some stories there?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, just kind of like you were saying, things that people were going to do anyways. Um, you know, is, is it's always really fun to kind of see those stories play out. Um, and so I know I've worked with a couple different clients just in regards to their taxes, like just different annual tax bills that they'll have come up. So property taxes, um, worked with a number of clients that, you know, they're using their policy, and, you know, rather than having you know, paying this amount of money a month and having it just sit in an escrow account. they're putting it into their policy. and then they take out a policy loan for their property taxes. When those come due, you know they're able to pay them kind of ahead of time, which you know sometimes it can be a little bit cheaper if you do that or lock in a lower rate. Um, and then they will pay back their policy loan throughout the year on a you know monthly basis. and then they re, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. Um, and so that's been, that's been really fun. And then even the same thing with people that are self-employed and co- paying quarterly taxes. And so I've had a number of different clients I've worked with where same concept, you know, they earn their income, they take what they would otherwise probably just have sitting in some savings account somewhere um, for their quarterly taxes, and they throw it into their policy, take out a loan for their taxes, pay it back, you know, so on and so forth. And so those have always been kind of fun things that people would be doing anyways. Everyone's going to have to pay taxes, but why not do it in a way that is going to profit you kind of in the process as well. had a couple different clients I know you know worked with them to set up uh, kind of you know grand grandkid policies which are always really fun I love putting those those ones together um, and you know one one family in particular I, I know every single time a new grandkid is born you know ring, ring, ring.
2: <laughs> we need
1: another policy. Um, and just like, you know, these kids aren't like two weeks old before they have a life insurance policy on them, which is just really incredible. Um, and so it's it's really fun to work with them. I know their intention is for it to be used for college funding for these for these grandkids, um, but even so much more than that. I mean, they'll be able to use them for college, but shoot, I mean, really the, the huge advantage and the huge benefit that these um, grandkids are going to derive from it is going to be later on down the road, you know, when they need something for a down payment on a home or even their own retirement and leaving a legacy to that, you know, even later generation, like you were saying, Mark, with, with the family you worked with. And so it's just it's just really fun. And I know um, something that they're really excited about is when they look at the compound growth, you know, when you put a policy on a newborn. Um, I know that that's, that's one thing that they'll always kind of you know, get excited about and, and they'll mention. And um, I mean, I know with, with some of these stories, you know, certainly it's, it's nice to hear about it, but I know that a lot of times it's a lot more powerful when you can hear it from, you know, Their mouths instead of ours. You know, we could we could be making all this up, quite frankly. You know, we're not, but we could be. Um, And so we kind of for this next part in our next episode coming after this, we kind of wanted to actually have it you know come from the horse's mouth rather than our own. Um, And so our next half of this episode, we wanted to um, share a very particular uh, you know client with you and how they've been able to use your use their policy. So, Mark, do you want to tell us a little bit about him?
0: He's a super great friend. I. I met him in college. He was my roommate in college. He's also a client of ours. And uh, by the way, he's also like a He-Man and Lord of the Rings enthusiast. So uh, his name is Phil Smith. He's a great guy. Uh, what's interesting about Phil is that he works at a bank. He he is a b- banker uh, in every true sense of the word there. he's In particular, he works at a local credit union where he lives. And uh, so he's able to see loans, I think, from a very Intentionally different perspective than most borrowers because he sees it from the other side of the banker's desk. And as a side note, uh, just as a quick side note, credit unions and traditional banks are very different. Uh, you know, if we we've talked a lot about mutual life insurance companies on this podcast and being a co-owner in the insurance company where you have an account or a policy, the same is true with credit unions. You can be a co-owner of the credit union where you have your deposit account, and that gives you some benefits, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's higher interest rates from the profitability of the bank. Uh, so it's very much like a mutual life insurance company in some aspects. Uh, so he's going to give some in- insight into his experience, his own uh, exposure to and use of his Bank on Yourself plan, and listen carefully for one of the most fun and creative ways I've ever heard for someone using a Bank on Yourself policy loan. Phil, welcome to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Thank you. Tell us a bit about your background and journey with our listeners. Sure.
3: So I think it's uh, it's probably been about five or six years now that we've been doing Bank on Yourself. Um, Mark, you and I went to college together, so you reached out to me and said, "Hey, I've kind of been learning about this really great way to do financial planning. Um, really, even you know, financial um, current current uh, current planning." And and we we talked about that a little bit. You gave me some stuff to read. Uh, my wife and I. Talked through the the concepts and and some questions and things like that. We let it soak in for a little bit, um, and eventually we decided to to take the plunge. Um, so we we started up a policy with you. Uh, we really enjoyed it. We have since started another policy for my wife uh, when we found a little bit more income stream coming in, um, and it's it's been it's been a, a good way for us to do some financing for ourselves, um, both for now and and for the future.
0: What was it about bank on yourself that made you want to stash your cash in one of those policies instead of all the other possible places you could have, you know, chosen to do your saving or investing?
3: You know, it was, it was also kind of one of the things that initially, I think, turned us off um, that eventually we warmed up to and became one of the bigger selling points to it, um, which was just, you know, the simplicity of it. Um, at first, we kind of thought, you know, this can't be legit. This can't be real. It seems um, too outmoded, outdated too simple um but now it's 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 just a pretty um common sense type of thing so it's i i I really value simplicity in my finances and so to have something a vehicle like this that makes a whole lot of sense and that i don't need to um do a lot of speculation on um is 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 key for for my financial security i feel like um so we uh we really like the ability to control it ourselves you know we don't we don't have to go through a bunch of underwriting to to use some some of the funds whenever we need to. Um, we also like to you know get kind of some expectations on what the money is going to do, see some growth, um, so we can see those numbers and and feel pretty confident in those in those things. So, I think those are kind of the big big selling points for us for the the bank on yourself model.
0: Yeah, I remember when we first started your first policy, you showed uh, me what your goals were, what your concerns were. and We went ahead and crunched some of the figures. I showed you some of what the expected results would be, and you know that was years ago, but you know it's turned out even better than we originally expected., now, what are some ways that you've used some of your policies over the years?
3: Yeah, yeah, we've definitely done that. um and I, I guess as a quick side note for um for those projections, um part of the way is you know sometimes the the dividends just come in better than expected, but also we've we've stashed as much cash as we can in those, and that's been great to see. You know we have this base baseline of growth, um, but then, like I said, we kind of control. If we want to, we can we can see the the growth happen even, um, even bigger. So, um, for some of the ways that we've used the policy, um, we I think one of the first things we did was um, just used it to pay car insurance premiums. Um, you know we always try to pay as a lump sum instead of month by month just to save a little bit there, and so just made a lot of yeah. sense to us to pull out a little bit um, just to get us through a couple of months before we could get that whole lump sum paid off. So we did that. That was, you know, real easy process, just filled out a form, got the money, you know, paid it off, I think within two or three months, I would guess. Um, Yeah. uh, More recently, what we've done uh, with our policy is helped out some, some family members. My uh, brother and sister-in-law have decided to kind of really go Simplicity is a big thing for them as well. Um, they're, they're pursuing it with their housing. And so instead of um, pursuing a renting or, or, or buying a mortgage in a really competitive housing market that we live in here, um, they decided to out- outfit a, an old school bus and live on that. Um, they figured that was all the space they needed, um, all the, you know, their, their simple needs that they determined they um, that they had for life were, were all met by this school bus. Um, you know so they they had some trouble finding finding financing to to set that up originally so we uh, we talked to them about it and we said yeah we can we can make that happen for you um so we pulled some money out of our policy and they've been able to just pay us back on that and they've they've really appreciated it. it's it been it's a really good blessing both for us to see and then I know for them to to be able to just get into that housing situation they wanted to be in
0: wow i love that story that is such a unique i think very, uh, I mean, a beautiful story. You were their mortgage in every sense of the word. You were your family's mortgage in that case. Of course, uh, better than a normal mortgage because, uh, you know, they had all sorts of openings and, and freedom allowed there. Of course, uh, because this is not an average way to live, uh, your family members weren't able to get a normal bank financing loan. Uh, so what are some other benefits that they were afforded that maybe traditional financing would not have given them.
3: You know, I think it's just the ability to do what they need to do without um, you know, jumping through a bunch of loopholes or a- answering a bunch of questions. Um, you know, I mentioned that mm-hmm. you know it's not yeah. a, not your average way to do things. Um, I, w- I work in a bank, and that's what underwriting is all about is is averages, you know of of the people with this income situation, you know, how many on average, you know pay back their loan, of the people with this type of loan. Situation: How many, on average, pay back that loan? And so, so there's really no no average for what they were trying to do because there's not very many people out there um, living the lifestyle that they're living. And so, when you're when you're in that situation, um, when you're when you're not average, um, you know the the bank bank or or credit union underwriting doesn't doesn't allow for that um, because they're they're working purely on averages. Um, and so, they were able to still, you know, still live live life the way they wanted to live. um, you know, because money money's something we all need to do that. and and we were able to provide that for them just because of a, you know the, like i said, the the complete control you have um, over what you do with your your cash value,
0: yeah. you had complete control. Uh you got your funds in under a week, I think. And I mean, was there any required repayment plan to the insurance company? You know, did they, Call you at dinner time, or wreck your credit score uh, if you didn't repay them right away?
3: No, no, they send something out. um, I think that you know, kind of just assuming you'll set up an automatic payback program. um, You know, I I like to control a lot of stuff with my finances, so usually I just pay stuff um, on my own schedule. And so, so I've um, when when we've gotten those letters, we've kind of just ignored those and and paid it back on our own schedule. Other than that initial letter, no communication about about the loan or. You know, someone knocking on the door with a baseball bat—anything like that? Love it.
0: Yeah, that is so odd for most people who are in kind of traditional debt. You had no required
3: repayment plan, and and you know, and and that's—I I think that can be a blessing and a curse. Um, yep. You know, for someone who who likes to really kind of manage and control um, finances the way my wife and I like to do, it's it's a huge blessing. Um, you know, like I said, I work um, in the banking industry. Um, and there's a lot of people that I work with that I would not recommend that for. They, they, they haven't been able to, um, manage their finances that well. Um, and mm-hmm. so they, they really kind of need a, a repayment plan, um, to, to kind of just hold themselves accountable. Um, and so that's where that automatic payment letter comes in. Great. You, you can do it in, in, in any way you want, any way you need to, if you need to that structure of just, yeah, let's set up an the automatic payment to get this thing paid off. Um, you know, there's that letter that comes in the mail right away that you can set that up with. Um, but if you don't want to do that, you can just disregard the letter and it's optional. It's, it's your choice. And then you can do things the way that you, you want to do them if you're, if you're comfortable managing those things and controlling those things yourself. So how do you see yourself using your policies in the future? How does this fit
0: into, let's say, your overall financial plan? For example, how does this fit into retirement or
3: your kid's college? Sure. Um... You know, it's 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 a huge part of our of our future. Um, this is our retirement plan. We haven't, um, you know, sunk really much else um, into any other vehicles, just because we've we've really liked, you know, what this has done for us, um, and just kind of the projection of what what it look like for our future. It, you know, it's difficult to say. We've, um, it's I guess it's allowed us to kind of brainstorm and daydream, you know, a little bit more than maybe we would have um, if we had other retirement vehicles that weren't as as controllable or as liquid mm-hmm. for us. But we've been able to just kind of look at our projections and say, well, when we're this age, you know, we'll have this much available to us. You know, what could that look like? You know, when, like you said, when our kids are going to college or or when they're, you know, at the same time when we're empty nesting and, um, you know, what, what are some cool things that we want to do with our life? Um, so it's, we haven't really kind of come up with any, structured plan on those things. We we definitely intend this to be, um, like I said, the major source of our retirement. Um, but we haven't structured any type of, of plans. But like I said, it's just allowed us to daydream and and kind of open up a few doors um, and leave those possibilities open for the future for for what things might look like, for what we do with this policy um, and our lifestyles or, you know, our, our kids or again, family like we've done before for their lifestyles. That's awesome. So, Phil,
0: for folks who are still learning about Bank on Yourself, what are some things that you had to get over? You know, talk to someone who maybe is still thinking about this. Uh, what what helped you get over the fence?
3: Sure, um, you know, and and I've been listening to the podcast, and so something that Pamela Yellen said was, you know, what just try it. You don't have to go, you know, all in right at right. You know, if you want to do something with Bank on Yourself, you don't have to sink all of your retirement into it necessarily right at first. Um, start a small policy and just see how it does, you know, see if the numbers live up to the hype and everything. Um, And, you know, we, that's kind of how things have gone for us, not by design necessarily, um, but just because of, you know, the, um, the income that we've had throughout our life. We started off with a policy for me. um, And by the time we got to a place where we were making more money and can start a policy for my wife, we had already had that time to see, you know, what the, what the bank on yourself policy could do for us and everything like that. So, uh, we kind of had that built in, you know, not, uh, like I said, not by design, but um, just by accident. But you can certainly do that. Um, you can you can certainly start a policy and, and just see what it does over a year or two and then see, you know, kind of compare it with some of the other stuff you have going on in your retirement. Um, and really, it's, it's you know, things that you've said on the podcast is just keeping an open mind. Um, you know, you might have heard bad things or heard other types of pieces of advice that are uh, handed down as gospel. Uh, but as long as you keep an open mind and say, well, I mean, does this make sense? Um, is there any reason other than that I've heard that this, you know, shouldn't be the way I do things that um, that I'm disagreeing with this, this model? Um, as long as you keep an open mind, um, test out the policy and see how it goes.
0: Thank you, Phil, for sharing some of the unique ways you've used this policy. If I remember right, your family has already paid you back that loan and your cash was still growing without any reduction. I mean, what 401k could do that? That's so cool. So thank you very much for your contributions to this episode.
1: All right. Well, that was really fun to hear from Phil and have him be a part of our our episode and to again, you know, hear it straight from the client's, you know, perspective and, and their viewpoint rather than us just kind of sharing it ourselves. And so that's, you know, again, what we want to do not only for this episode here today, but also for our episode next time. And so if this has been enjoyable to you and, and you've kind of enjoyed hearing about some of these stories, uh, please join us next time where we're going to be diving into a couple other stories that we've collected from our clients over uh, the last couple of weeks. We're going to have another special guest with us here in the studio. And I think you guys will really, really love hearing her perspective as well. So thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future.